super easy for me. Well, I heard that it was super easy for a lot of people that attended uh, from all over the, the country, both in Canada and the United States, that Toronto was an easy place to navigate. It was compact. How do you think that affected people's experience at the All-Star Game? Well, it kind of uh, it kind of took away any argument that it was too cold. I don't think anyone would have had to spend more than maybe 15 minutes total outside the entire weekend, um, you know, unless they wanted to. You know, there's there are plenty of cabs and Ubers. Uh, the subway line and the streetcars take you pretty much wherever you need to go. Uh, if you're only there for a weekend, um, there are underground tunnels to avoid going outside if you're you know feeling like walking. And then the Air Canada Center is not far from uh, Union Station, the main subway and train station, nor is it very far from uh, the hotels where players and media were staying. Everything's you know Toronto's a big city, but everything is pretty tight downtown if you uh, if you accept staying in a small little bubble. And in that small bubble is everything you could need anyway. What were some of the other comments, both positive and, and maybe negative, if you heard any, about Toronto as a host city? I didn't hear anything negative. The, the cold was the only thing I heard come up. Um, everyone seemed to seemed to enjoy the city otherwise. Um, the nightlife, obviously, is a big plus. How easy it is to get around is a big plus. I thought the Air Canada Centre staff did a terrific job with the weekend, um, as well as Rico Coliseum and Entercare Centre, where the, the ancillary events were held. Um, you know, may, maybe that was one small complaint is that getting from one uh, one area where there were events to the other was not tricky. But, you know, with how cold outside it was, it wasn't the easiest. But at the same time, relative to, you know, a city like Orlando, where things are a little more spread out, it's like we're talking about 10, 15 minutes in a cab to get between places or, or you know, 20 minutes on a streetcar. It's Really, I didn't hear any complaints other than other than a little bit about the cold. So th- that's great. Um, the team in the city did a good job making sure everyone had exactly what they needed and knew exactly where they were going and things like that. Uh, in terms of positive, you know, I thought everyone had a had a good time in terms of the actual events. I thought the NBA and the Raptors combined to do a really good job presenting them and keeping enough going on with the live experience uh, all over town, uh, especially even for fans who, you know, maybe couldn't afford to or couldn't get their hands on tickets. There was a lot going around the city uh, in terms of player appearances, in terms of camps, um, in terms of charitable events. Uh, The Entercare Center held what the NBA called NBA Center Court, which was basically like a three-day-long fun fest where you go in and there are short nets to dunk on and three-point shootouts and big inflatable ball basketball nets. It basically was a giant warehouse of basketball fun. Uh, so everyone did a really good job making sure, you know, whether you were going to the events or not, um, whether your priority was the actual events or whether it was the nightlife or whether it was, you know, a more kid-friendly experience, there was literally something for everyone. And that's a little... Walked away so impressed with, with how the city handled the weekend. How long before the all-star weekend began did the auxiliary events start did those start in thursday or did those get the did those kind of things kick off on friday uh wednesday was the first um unofficial event there was a launch of a, a new jordan brand store that was available for media and that kind of got things going earlier on the wednesday the raptors also unveiled their new practice facility um, which, you know, is not tied to All-Star Weekend, but the timing of that is not coincidental. Um, so that was open for media, and uh, that was that was a really cool kind of way to kick the week off and, 
show all of the momentum that the franchise has right now. And then Thursday, some of the charitable events started to kick up. There was a, a Jordan Brand Classic High School tournament um, nearby. And then things, uh, the more official events got going kind of Friday morning, media day uh, with the player availability is kind of when things really get rolling. But there was a little bit, especially on the charity side, earlier in the week before that too. Tell us about how you saw the NBA and the Toronto Raptors working together to put on this event. I did read one thing where they brought in that theater lighting that everyone was so impressed with at the Air Canada Centre, uh, but they, they ended up taking that back with them. Talk about how the, the NBA and the Raptors worked together. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate because that looked awesome, and I would, uh, I'd love for them to have that full time. The way I understand it is it's difficult with uh, – you know, with how many concerts the ACC holds and then the fact that there's also hockey and lacrosse there and there's an expense to installing them, it's a little bit prohibitive, at least as a short-term thing. Long-term, it'd be great. And like you point out, that's a good example of the two sides working together, the NBA and the Raptors. Um, I thought the in-stadium experience, uh, both sides did a good job hooking up. I thought from a security standpoint and like how, um, you know, how media were handled and, and how getting event to event and kind of, making sure anywhere players were going to be was not, I say a safe space, but I don't really mean like there was any threat or anything, but in terms of like media checkpoints and things like that, everything was really, really efficient. Um, I'd imagine that wasn't just ACC security and the event security. I imagine the NBA had a large hand in that. That all went really well. Um, The NBA did, you know, a great job with steady communication of where to be and how to get there. Um, in stadium, the the presentation in terms of you know who was emceeing and what was going on, the involvement of all the mascots. You had the silly Kevin Hart, Draymond Green thing, uh, Dikembe Mutombo and the Nene. It just I don't know how much of it gets planned by the NBA and how much of it gets planned by the Raptors. My instinct is that this is mostly an NBA run show and the Raptors just kind of facilitate. In which case, more of the credit goes to the NBA, I guess. Um, but obviously the Raptors have to help with a lot of those things. Uh, the Raptors media relations staff was, you know, working kind of around the clock in support. Um, yeah. So basically I, I don't know how much credit goes to the NBA and how much goes to the Raptors, but, um, you know, they, they certainly share in it. And I thought the, I thought the NBA did it, did a great job and, and really embraced, um, all that the city had available to them. And, and then I thought the Raptors did, you know, for whatever role they played in it, they did a great job, uh, supporting well, let's go inside the the different nights. Take us through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the experience inside the arena during All Star Weekend. Inside the arena, it was great. Um, you did know, they, thought, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did they do Friday? Where, where did they do these events? Did they do everything in in ACC, or were they spread no. out up among a couple of areas? Yeah, they were in a couple of spots. So Friday. Um, the so all star celebrity or all star media day was at a at a hotel, uh, which is nearby the ACC. And then from there, there was uh, the celebrity game, which was at Rico Coliseum, which is a little down the road. And then immediately following, Rising Stars game was at the Air Canada Center. Uh, on Saturday, the all star practice was at Rico Coliseum. Uh, and then the D-League All-Star events were at Rico Coliseum. And then All-Star Saturday night and the All-Star game were at the Air Canada Centre. So Rico Coliseum's uh, you know, much more intimate a venue. So it made sense to have the D-League there, the practice there, where the practice is more about you know the players engaging with the fans and on-floor interviews and things like that. Uh, for the Air Canada Centre, I thought it was awesome. I like 
the the reactions Saturday night to everything were perfect. I thought the crowd added a lot to what was a really awesome night. I thought, uh, you know, the, the Levine Gordon showdown is obviously what everyone's going to remember. But prior to that, um, the crowd was great for Carl Anthony Towns and Isaiah Thomas in the final of the Skills Challenge. Uh, they were, you know, the noise building to kind of a crescendo as Clay Thompson cleared his final rack to beat Steph Curry in the final of the three point contest was awesome. And then I thought on Sunday the crowd, you know, showed really well, showing support for Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan, um, showing love for Drake, and then most importantly, giving Kobe Bryant, you know, the appropriate send off with the Kobe chant as you know he checked out of the game for the final time. The great ovation during the uh, the tributes earlier on. Um, I thought the crowd showed well. I don't. I think there was a little bit of a concern with how high ticket prices were for events that it might be a little on the corporate side. Uh, but I thought the I thought the crowd showed really well. I thought it was very loud. I don't know how well it came across on TV. I still haven't got a chance to watch those events um, on the broadcast. But live, it was it was great. It was as loud as it gets for Raptors games, which is you know for a game like the All Star game, I think that's all you can hope for. Were there any you just had to be there kind of moments, some things behind the scenes that you wouldn't necessarily pick up if you were watching from home? Um, I'm not sure. Um, see, I, I haven't gathered my like second and third hand reports of the nightlife stuff yet. Um, <laughs> you know, as media, we were busy enough that, um, yeah, I wasn't, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone else, but I'm, I wasn't going to the club, uh, or, or anything like that. Um, so those kind of things, I mean, you'd surely have to be there to enjoy them. Um, in terms of, you know, being there, I think the NBA does such a good job with how they present it on TV and how quickly everything is accessible online uh, in terms of like Vines and Twitter videos and GIFs that, you know, you don't, you get everything online. Like you could sit there on TweetDeck and with a TV on and maybe even get more out of it from a visual perspective because you have the benefit of replays and you have the benefit of, of um, highlights getting clipped and reaction shots that maybe you can't see live. But I'd argue that, you know, the feeling of being there for that Levine Gordon dunk off after they tied and then they tied their sudden death dunk and went to a a fourth dunk. I can't imagine. Look, I'm a dunk contest geek anyway. So for me, that was like that was like the peak. I, I was trying to think Sunday morning if I've ever been to a sporting event live as media or otherwise that was that good and that um, that exciting and that memorable and I don't know. There are a few that might rival it, but it's definitely going to be, you know, top three after the fact once I've had the space. And I think that's kind of what the All-Star Weekends, particularly uh, the All-Star Saturday Night, is, is you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you don't know if Aaron Gordon's going to jump over a mascot with both legs. Um, you don't know if Steph Curry is going to clear a perfect round of the three-point shooter. And I think that's kind of the draw. The All-Star game itself is, you know, whatever. They usually follow the same formula and everyone knows what to expect. But All-Star Saturday night, there's really an air of anything can happen. And then I'd argue, too, that the the celebrity game, as silly and, and kind of as pointless as it is, you know, that, w- that was a ton of fun, too, um, being there live for that one. And, and you sacrifice the Rising Stars game to be there live at the Celebrity game because they're so close in time. Um, but that was that was weirdly fun. And there was celebrity media availability after the fact, which was hilarious. Um, the funniest part might have actually been that like fans started coming onto the floor at the end of the Celebrity game, which they weren't supposed to do. And no one really knew what was going on. And the floor had to get cleared. It was a little strange, but like 
I don't know. Luckily, you, uh, I'll say you, you. they probably ruined that for Charlotte because they probably won't let that happen again. Yeah, and it wasn't like a bad like storm the court or anything, but like if during the MVP presentation when when Butler made a, a bit of an ass of himself, you know, the there were a lot of fans on the court, which was which was weird. I don't know. It, like it's strange that people thought that was okay. Um, but maybe because the casualness of the celebrity game or because media started to go on the floor, everyone thought it was a rush. I'm not sure. Um, but the celebrity game itself is something that, you know, now it's on TV and it wasn't for a long time, but it's, it's kind of one of those weird, like you have to be there to fully appreciate how funny and strange it is. And like when Jason Sudeikis starts heating up and like, there's almost a, a gasp of in the crowd of Jason Sudeikis being open on the wing in transition. <laughs> like it's a weirdly unique experience that I don't think I don't think there's anything that really compares to it. The big one, though, you know, if I were say I went to Charlotte next year and, you know, I had I had a budget that limited me to one event as a fan. I'm definitely picking All Star Saturday night because nothing compares to that. Um, anything can happen. There are so many celebrities there. Every player that's in town is there. Um, and it really is, you know, the All-Star Game closes things, but All-Star Saturday night is the main event. And it certainly felt that way throughout the weekend, too. Are there any other tips that you would have for uh, someone who would be traveling to Charlotte or, or who lives in Charlotte and, and wants to take part in the All-Star festivities? Do you have any tips from them as someone who was knee deep in Toronto All-Star festivities? Yeah, if you're traveling to Charlotte, what I do is I'd find someone in Charlotte who who knows a little bit beforehand and you know if you you obviously want a, your itinerary to be fluid so that you can kind of go with the flow but I think something like restaurants is, is what you want to lock down ahead of time I don't think you want to be scrambling to, to figure out where you're going to eat um, I don't know what Charlotte's food scene is like I've only ever spent like a day there uh, but in Toronto where restaurants are a big draw of the city kind of planning that out ahead of time is something that I, I would have suggested for anyone and kind of lock down your restaurant recommendations and, and figure where you can fit that stuff in your schedule. Um, the other thing is, you know, maybe if you're media, you kind of got to get the most out of it. If you're a fan, maybe don't try to jam everything in because it's in a, it's a pretty exhausting weekend and you want the flexibility, um, you know, throughout the day because events pop up on short notice. Like here there was, I think Steph Curry was at a Foot Locker, which was a little bit out of town, and nobody really knew it was going to happen until after. So, you know, if athlete appearances are your thing, that kind of came out of nowhere. There was a, a short notice, unofficial celebrity charity game uh, that Stoop Dog and Two Chains put on. Uh, so things like that will pop up, uh, and you want that flexibility built into your plan. So, you know, the night events do, but maybe don't commit yourself to loading up the days because. If you're going as a fan, it's a bit of a vacation too, right? You don't want to uh, you don't want to exhaust yourself burning it at both ends. But really, and then you know, for media, for the Charlotte media, and then for anyone who's traveling next year, I think you kind of have to just embrace the chaos. Content-wise, you know, everyone's going to have the same quotes, and everyone's going to be rushing to to ask the same players the same questions. And you know, you want to do good work still, but you kind of have to. This is advice that was given to me beforehand, and I'd pass it on. Is you got to kind of enjoy the spectacle of it because that's a big part of what All Star Weekend is. Is it's this crazy spectacle where you know, thousands of people descend on a city for, you know, star watching and it gets really crazy. And that was a lot of the fun of it. What did having this all-star game mean to the city of Toronto, to the business owners and just to the citizens of Toronto? It was huge. I, I think, 
you know, Raptors fans and, and the We the North branding of the last couple of years really focused in on this. The Raptors fan base has always kind of been uh, an other sort of, um, you know, this is a big hockey country. Uh, baseball is or probably has been number two with the Blue Jays doing a good job branding themselves as, as the national team. And then from an NBA perspective, they're the only team outside of the U.S. Um, they've never really had much success. So I think all of that, you know, there's not this, it's not an inferiority complex and the team has done well to brand around it where it's, you know, it's a unifying thing being on the outside. But this weekend really made it feel like uh, kind of a, I don't want to say we made it kind of thing because like the Raptors have been a strong organization for a long time. The fan base has always been great and the market size is there. Uh, But Kyle Lowry said uh, Sunday night, you know, I think we put ourselves on the map a little bit with this weekend. And, and I think that's totally fair that anyone who was still sleeping on Toronto as a as an NBA market and just as a as a fun city in general kind of got to got to the realization that it's right there with, you know, Chicago and New York style cities in terms of big fun cities where, yeah, it's a little cold, but that doesn't really get in the way of having a great time. Uh, locally, I thought everyone, you know, I thought... The local businesses in terms of uh, especially like retailers, uh, they did a great job leveraging this opportunity. Uh, there was stuff going on all over the city. Um, you know, a little bit of it is, I don't know, like some of the, the flyer parties and stuff. You walk around and there are there are flyers posted everywhere for parties. Some of them, I'm sure, advertised players that weren't actually going to, to be there or be there for more than a second or anything like that. But that kind of stuff's going to happen. And, and I thought otherwise... You know, everyone did a did a really good job. I, I think people timed events well around the weekend to kind of build it into a full week event. Um, and I thought, you know, I thought the fan base showed really well. There were huge crowds everywhere. Um, the noise inside was great. And, and I think, you know, if there were any Raptors fans or if the organization itself had this sort of feeling of uh, being slept on or being inferior, that's that's kind of gone now. The city the city showed really well and. and you know, to a man talking to people throughout the weekend in terms of players, everyone enjoyed it. And there's there's nobody saying, you know, anything bad about Toronto other than it's cold. And I think Charlotte has a great opportunity here because, you know, the, the franchise with their I, I like their rebranding back to the old school colors. I think prior to the Michael Kidd Gilchrist injury, which sucks and Woj just had some news as we've been talking here. um, I, I thought they had some nice momentum. I think Steve Clifford's great. Everything I've heard is that Charlotte is an awesome city that I need to spend more time in. And I don't think it's a it's a city maybe that people think of as, you know, one of the great cities to visit. And I think that's I think it's a great opportunity for Charlotte to really build, you know, the timing's great with Steph Curry being a Carolina guy too. Um, I think you guys are gonna have a great time and I think it's gonna be great for the city of Charlotte and, and for the Hornets. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.